<clears throat> Welcome to the first episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm your host. <clears throat> That's kind of weird saying it, but I'm your host, Zachary Shin. And today's first episode, we are going to talk about the education system around the world and mostly including the United States because. As a Virginian, I am a high school senior, and looking at the past year and looking back at my time uh, going into looking into uh, while I was in private school and uh, public schools, I just think I should at least have an outlook on. Uh, just want to speak my opinion about it. <clears throat> so the reason I'm making this podcast in the first place is to give my opinion on very broad topics uh, that people usually can usually debate about, but um, it's, it's very convoluted. So having just one word, word for each podcast can really, really broaden out the spectrum of different topics and controversy. Yeah, controversies that surround the topic. So, yeah, my name's Zach. Uh, I'm I'm Japanese and Korean. Uh, yeah, as I said, I'm a high school senior. Uh, yeah, at high school in Lowen County Public Schools, which is, well, I believe it's, one. They were ranked as one of the, one of the richest counties, but I don't want I don't want to brag about that. I'm not, <laughs> sound a little humble back. Let's just get get out, get out with, um, yeah. I play, I play soccer. I played freshman football. Playing freshman football was actually one of the best experiences I had. Cause I, it was probably, I was in like my, my best shape possible. And I got to meet a lot of people and got to hit hit and tackle and all that crazy stuff oh yeah and I'm in concert band as well so my school concert band I've been in my middle school band I started playing the baritone and euphonium in sixth grade and now I've stuck with it ever since and I did marching band my 11th and 12th grade and that's one of the best experiences I had as well. Um, so just focusing back on school, I want to focus on uh, give a little bit of background on myself. So as a usual, usual kid, like you go out, you go to school. So I went to Chesterbrook Academy, which was I think one of the chain, like one of the chains here. Yeah. Yeah, chains here in Virginia. I think it spread throughout the East Coast, but I attended preschool and, and kindergarten for yeah for the academy. Um, probably I don't remember much, cause yeah I don't it's cause it was back in preschool and kindergarten. I was, I was like f- four or five. You don't really remember much as a kid, but yeah. Uh, I finished pre uh, preschool and kindergarten, and then went to the Little River Elementary School. It was a public school, and I went there from first to second grade. And I don't remember much about um, first, yeah, going to first and second grade. All I remember was that there was a a huge hill from the bottom of the school, and then just to walk up to the playground so it was kind of structured very weird, weirdly for the, the fields and the playground but that's the only thing I remember and then now like I can broadly remember some stuff uh, I moved not too far from my uh, my uh, old house and but I was I was uh, forced to uh, switch school, so I went to, or 
And I went to Pineberg Elementary School to third to fifth grade. And to look at it, it, it was it was pretty nice and pretty socially awkward for me as a kid because getting into third grade, um, I remember like getting to some fights with this guy named Alex in, in elementary school and oh boy, it was probably the, I had glasses on, I was one Asian kid that like, I, I felt very, I think I was pretty socially awkward as a kid. And yeah, so third, fifth grade, I graduated uh, elementary school and then going to Mercer Middle School, which was from sixth to eighth grade. So sixth to eighth grade, I think I finally realized uh, how, how I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and pursue. Because middle school, I mean, it's not, it's a, big transition because I think most people want to have that individual responsibility when you go into middle school and it's you see a lot of uh, yeah a lot of dis, dis, disrespect for you know, I saw a lot of disrespect for other teachers and staff members but I try to avoid that as much as possible um, yeah just it was, it was weird. I think I was still socially awkward as well, as well as a kid. But I can finally define myself. I've yeah, I began to find myself more into high school, into ninth and twelfth grade for this this school in LCPS called uh, John Champ High School. And I got to do a lot of activities within uh, high school and like I wasn't really pushed down or I wasn't really like held down by by myself and I got to do a lot of great opportunities so I got to be in class council treasurer and that was that was a wonderful experience um yeah marching band as I as I said earlier um yeah and then the academic level rise tremendously I thought because you got the introduction of starting to study for SATs um, do AP exams standardized text testing so like in my county they're called SOLs but um, I don't know what what they're calling like other states or so how their education guidelines are but yeah and then <clears throat> Now, as a senior, now I'm looking into colleges, so I'm really looking into Virginia's colleges in the wide spectrum, not not really out-of-state schools, because I'm pretty worried about their out-of-state tuition, but Penn State offers some pretty good uh, opportunities there. I applied to their small small campus in Altoona and they have a pretty good division uh well they have a division three uh sports and I got to, I got into their chemical engineering um field. So now aside from my personal life and introducing myself in the first podcast, now we have to transition into how our education educational system is in America. So what I've seen in, in these, uh, when I was researching a lot of this stuff, there was a ranking for how, uh, how the education system is for in the world, and they ranked them from, I don't know, it was like one, yeah, first to the 200s. So looking into that, <clears throat> South Korea has number one spot they they were ranked number one on this rank uh rankings from mastersandmores.com and looking into you know researching more about South Korea's educational system. Preschool is optional, which is which is basically like like this here. And then two thirds of South Korean children who attend preschools are enrolled into private kindergartens. So what what kinda amazed me about that is 
usually, I think the public schools even offer kindergarten uh, through, yeah, in America. But there are some private, yeah, private kindergartens. Uh, it's just a huge amount because it's just thinking about More more than two thirds of the yeah, more than two thirds of the children in the population are gonna go to the private institutions. So I would guess they're gonna focus on more of the academic side and hope they're gonna be successful in in their education. Yeah, so fifty percent of the children receive preschool education. And then their survey assessed that Korean students get an average about Five point five hours of sleep a day, yeah, just a day. So that is pretty astonishing, but I'm not surprised as as an uh, as an Asian because uh, the Korean culture for uh, education it is very very rigorous, and you need to be a part of getting a job finding good pay, and then just trying to sustain life because it is very cramped in South Korea. There are a lot of jobs, but some of them won't offer great, like great pay. So it's just a matter of getting their study out, yeah, study hours, and <clears throat> yeah, earning great scores on on the standardized test based on what they're going to major in or which field they're going to go into. And like a staggering 97% of students complete high school. I wonder what 3% are going to go. But I would, I would believe like they would go into like the workforce or so. And then second, rank second, of course, is Japan. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not surprised about this one as well. Japan has a high education like culture of getting getting a good job and having high test scores and just be very rigorous to su succeed because <clears throat> it, it's just part of their culture i i don't expect them to change it anytime soon and they heavily focus on um students being very independent because they would let their um uh, I know elementary school students go on buses and trains to go to their elementary schools, and they aren't um, they aren't with a pre uh, parent to send them off or drive them like we do here in in the United States or any other educational system that does that as well or so so so. But it heavily focuses on just being being able to function as an independent person because <clears throat> it's just part of culture. I mean, what can I say? School is six and a half hours each weekday. So it's basically the normal, normal hours. And most students attend after school clubs and they do cram school in the evening for extra studying. So it's just a very, as as South Korea, they do a very rigorous. Uh, yeah, they're just very rigorous on their, on their studies, and so. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, Singapore is ranked third, surprisingly. So, um, in their colleges, their tuition rates can ra range from fifteen k to fifty k a year. But that is separable payable costs, uh, such as the application and examination costs. So I want to research this. Singapore's educational system um, is hev heavily looked looked upon if you're going to be a foreigner or like a yeah, international student if you're going to go into one of their colleges. Because they also need to look, uh, look into uh, examining a lot of the test scores and so forth. Um, 
So I researched what they would, uh, they would look into if you're going to be applying as an international student. And there are a lot of, yeah, a lot of requirements to do so. So I know some colleges, they required a letter of recommendation, English language prof proficiency, a study visa, and an entry examination. So if you're going to come to Singapore with a purpose, you got to have all those requirements and so forth. And I'm not going to go into too much about Hong Kong. Hong Kong's ranked fourth educational system, right? and then followed by Finland and United Kingdom. I was surprised by the United Kingdom based on how like diverse their uh, people are because <clears throat> it's it seems like yeah it's not it's not that highly looked upon I thought I mean they have some they have really good colleges and so forth it's just a matter of their educational system for elementary school and in their or primary and secondary school seems questionable but uh, what can I say and then the United States is 14th I'm I mean I'm not surprised about the United States being 14th in the their educational system, but it seems it could be higher. It could be higher. However, <clears throat> there could be a lot of factors playing into playing to this, such as like the employment rate or their colleges, because it's not the same in every state. All right. <clears throat> so the first topic I'm gonna look into for for school is preschool mandatory. Pre yeah, preschool being mandatory. There's this international movement called Universal Preschool that uses public funding to um, to use the high quality uh, preschool to be available for all families. So I honestly think that preschool should be just optional. I don't think it has to be a requirement for for families to send their kids to preschool but it is good to see that they have preschool available to available to all these families so they have the choice to make that decision and then on parents yeah so like referencing on parents.com Deborah Scorpec uh PhD noted that uh there are three reasons why universal Preschool is valuable, and <clears throat> pre he they said they stated one preschool helps children develop important social and self regulation skills. Um, I'm not exactly sure. As my opinion, like I know how they're looking at it because they're being they're being looked out by teachers. That are heavily experienced, but I think it. I can say for social skills because they can, they'll be able to interact with new kids, and so forth. But there needs to be more detail into how they're able to self-regulate themselves. I totally get that. They're left to preschool so they can assess their own problems and and their so forth. But it just seems a little confusing to me. And now, as their second, the second reason she stated was preschools lay a foundation to a foundation for brain development and future learning. I can agree with this because they need to develop there's yeah the basics the basics in uh interacting with others there's their age and being able to interact with others uh it's just it just preschool it enables kids to have that 
learning environment. So I think it's, I can agree with that. Um, the third reason she stated was preschool benefits society as well as individual children. Hmm. Um, if they're going to benefit society as well as their individual children, I'm, I don't think it necessarily does. I mean, kids can go to kindergarten and, like, be fine with that because preschool doesn't really... Preschool is just an like, introduction to how how the school system works and so forth. I just keep saying that so forth. All right, transitioning next. Um, a little bit of talk about elementary school. So I looked into one of the articles of the National Education Association, and they released an article about how there are 25 key facts on for elementary school students and they they reference how how like they answer some questions for like do all children need to go to school or so they address that so i'm gonna put a question in why is school so important for elementary school it it's the first stage of looking into how they're going to teach their skills and skills to each other and how they can how they can regulate themselves into and support themselves into a new family uh, yeah this it's not much it's kind of like for, yeah, first podcast, and it seems very, very new to me, but I'll just transition and go into the next ones. Um, why don't some kids go to school? So the address, in many countries, uh, families must pay fees to send their children to school, and many families are too poor to pay fees or buy textbooks or school uniforms. Honestly, they need to provide um, opportunities for families to have have the education to do so. Because education, education can be taught even without pay. I mean, there are some, some kids that go into their villages and make their own desks and have a, on their own chalkboard and just learn through there. Some of them study the roads. I've, there are some like pictures I've seen that, like students just sit down, have like outside, and there's a board, on a building, and they just draw from the chalkboard. So I don't think. It's not really. The good, the good idea to. Send yeah, send money for. Just yeah, send money to the schools, just for their children to have an education. Yeah, I want to talk about more into more controversial topics. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip middle school and high school for now, but I just want to discuss how grades could define. Can define a person. So as as an Asian, I'm not exactly the best as, as in like school and and having high grade. It is an expect expectation for me to to do well in school. It's not necessarily. I'm not necessarily one of those one of those people, but I've tried my best to do so and not not be defined by my own grades, but there are a lot of kids that study or study so hard that their life is surrounded through studying. And yeah, having your life surrounded just for studying can 
really change how they perceive themselves and if they will be able to uh, learn learn new stuff as they go into college because I know some parents that or I not that I know but of but there are parents that <clears throat> structure themselves over succeeding in school first and then go into college and they can succeed from there and be independent. I'm not exactly sure if are they are able to be uh, be an independent person based on how they they look at themselves like that because it seems convoluted to hold a person to have the highest grades before anything else such as like sports or clubs they're interested in or the hobbies they they want to do so I don't think I don't think a person should be defined by their grades or be focused so heavily on the grades because there's so much else they can do other than that and then with grades there are problems with um, the school system and how they find uh, plagiarism and so forth because <clears throat> it seems very hard to regulate how plagiarism is yeah is regulated in the schools because there are students that copy homework and they don't perceive that in like outside of this the classroom there there is um there are instances people cheat on tests um specifically like i've seen through my school it has been a big academic for students to have that environment to succeed so they are willing to do almost anything to do so so looked into more into plagiarism and one of the websites cited how what are the consequences for plagiarism so i wasn't necessarily sure if they offer a good a good list for these hmm. so they list down how it how there are consequences well what are the consequences for plagiarism um, it can destroy a student's reputation, professional reputation, academic reputation. It causes legal repercussions, monetary repercussions, and how their plagiarized uh, research is is looked onto. So, yeah, there are there is a big reputation that is destroyed by them. But is it just a matter of how the environment is, or is it how how they are looked, uh, or they are willing to be very successful in that environment? Because if they're, because I feel like some students are pressured to do so, so they can succeed and have those those good grades not let their parents down or just be able to be able to succeed in school so I, I can see how it destroys a student's reputation however the professional reputation isn't necessarily put into account until they are they are considering for outside yeah for outside jobs and so forth because I know colleges can look into how they how they, they put themselves professionally and how they st they stand up to themselves. And now their academic reputation is I think the most heavily is the, is the heaviest con consequence in this. <clears throat> Yeah, in this list because 
if you're caught cheating just for once, it just can heavily, heavily impact them, even outside of school and, and into colleges. Because if you were caught like plagiarizing uh, in, the, in the school, they take no repercussions to do so, to talk to the colleges you're applying to if you're a senior, or even talk to um, their parents or take the legal action to do so and suspend or suspend people to from, from the high school. So I think it's, I still think it's bad to plagiarize. It's just a matter of why are they plagiarizing to do so? Is it their environment or is it, is it just a matter of just they're forced to be academically successful? I should probably take these retainers off, but it seems like I talk with like a, I don't know, like a slurred, slurred speech with my tongue out. So I sound like I have braces on. Huh. Whatever, let's just move on. So another uh, topic that's very looked into for school is if they're willing to have uniforms uh, in the school grounds, because private schools usually very offer those private uniforms, and I'm not. I had school uniforms back in my private uh, private school for Chesterbrook, and it just offered just offered as a uniform. I didn't really think highly about it, so they brought some pros for what uniforms can bring for schools and they said they could break down class barriers between students, increase student focus, increase the sense of community and school uniforms promote safety. School uniforms don't necessarily promote safety in my words. They just promote the sense of order that everyone has a school uniform, and they have that requ those requirements to come into the school with those on. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are safe, because anything can really happen, even with, even with even with a school uniform. It's, that sounds really dark, but eh, I don't think that's really much. I'm just trying to talk out what I think, but. I'm just breaking the middle ground. So, for it to break down class barriers between students, I can see that because students can be brought together and interact with each other and that everyone has the school uniform. But there are social, the, the social aspect doesn't really seem out there because even if it breaks down the class barriers, people can still separate from who they like and what the similarities and how they act in the school. Like you can have this, the smarts eat together while the rowdy, the rowdy uh, students can crowd together and that, that would be, that will cause a separation to do so. Well, I, I'll I'll focus on other pros later on, but the cons that they addressed in the article about uniforms is that it's expensive. It limits a self-expression. It can be sexist, and uniforms can lead to more policing of students. I honestly, first of all, it's. I think it's ridiculous to say that uniforms are sexist. To say, like, to be offended by 
a uniform, in my honest opinion, doesn't doesn't really say much about. Yeah, doesn't really say much about how you regulate yourself. And quote on smart smartassets.com on their website. Some uniforms may strike students and parents as sexist. For example, if a uniform requires girls to wear skirts and pants are not allowed, some students and parents may object, leading to conflict with the school administration. I mean, if if the school has skirts and pants, like, that's, that's the regular, that's the requirement. I mean, it shouldn't be, like, revealing anything. It should just be, it should just be there. And then for parents to, or parents to even say that uniform can be sexist because girls have to wear skirts. It doesn't really mean anything. It just says that you're, you're offended by a piece of clothing worn at the school. So, it just seems weird to, to, to be like offended by a uniform. Quote, like, not all girls want to wear skirts and some may resent being told to wear a traditional feminine garment. I mean, if they can't wear a skirt, so so be it. Just wear wear the pants. You don't all have to wear wear skirts because you don't have to be forced to wear the same uniform. Yeah, I mean, it may be awkward for him to wear, wear skirts, but it's just a sense of order they can do, to do so. And then, <clears throat> I'm going to s- skip a couple of these cons for now. I think I'm running out of time for today. Um, I'm going to focus on this article on the U.S. school district's uh, in the Wall Street Journal and they're talking about and they released an article on December 12th last year about high, uh, U.S. districts cl- closing homework. <clears throat> so, in this article, Tom O.D. Hobbs states that school districts across the country are banning homework for bidding it on certain days or just not having grading it. In response to parents who complain for of overload and some experts who say too much can be determined. I don't know how to say that word. I'll just skip that for now. But yeah, some schools now, oops, sorry about that. Some schools are banning homework for some reason. I don't know why they're banning homework. I think homework has, homework really helps them out and like, you know, just structures them that they're learning outside of school. Because if they're not able to learn or even finish like a piece of paper with like 50 questions on the front side and the back side, how are they able to like handle the workload when they go into high school or even I don't know, like even college? Because colleges they expect you to study, they expect you to have to finish all the projects and so forth. So it's basically you're given homework in college. It's just as basic as that. Uh, looking into more into this <coughs> uh, article, a new policy in Ridge- Ridgeville Public Schools in Connecticut placed nightly time limits on homework for most students, banning weekends, student vacations, and some other days off for elementary and middle school students, and isn't even calculated 
into their overall grade. That honestly does, doesn't really make a good educational system. And I can get why they're coming into that, like they're saying, like, it's taking too much of their family time and all student these these kids are doing other extra, extracurricular activities and so forth. But it's just... These kids need that homework to do so they can review and review topics that they're learning into, such as, like, maths and the ling- language, um, yeah, like, language arts and science. So you can't really ban... It doesn't make sense to have teachers not assign homework on weekends. And another, another school system in Louisiana told teachers not to grade homework for grades second through twelfth grade starting this year. And honestly, like it doesn't make a good make a good system to have no homework. It seems ridiculous. Students who through kindergarten and first grade were already were were already weren't receiving grades for their homework. It doesn't set them up for a good good future and they can't be ready to handle the work that is gone into colleges if you're gonna pursue college because it doesn't really it just doesn't make sense but people can structure themselves if you're gonna go into the workforce because I don't think homework is needed in the workforce to do but they need have to good a good knowledge in what they're going going into. And I'm gonna go into a little bit more about pretty controversial stuff. Um, this past year, the BBC uh, published a new article stating that 2018 was the worst year for U.S. school shootings. And honestly, looking into like United the United States. And the news station about school shootings as a high school senior is pretty devastating. I I thought some people are saying that there's a rise of school shootings in the past five years or so, but I I honestly think it's it's. It's, it's it's on a slow slow increase I think, but there has to be a reason for why this is going on. The BBC, the BBC stated that a hundred and thirteen people were killed or injured in school shootings in the United States. That's astonishing. It doesn't seem that these people who are coming into these schools are they're ruthless and they're coming into schools that with the purpose to hurt so what causes them to have that purpose to do something inhumane so I, I would think that there are social aspects for that to do so it seems that in this article the killers are killers uh they stated killers are typically 17 and male and they quoted the attacks are not often indiscriminate but are more usually an escalation of a dispute or a gang related incident So there are some instances that make this seem very, very tough on the perpetrators to do this.
But I can't see much about how they're able to, what causes their escalation. Is it from the, pre the societal pressure? Is it, is it the situation, their personal situation they're having? Or is it something related inside the school? Because some of these kids that uh, yeah, perpetrate such an action because they're influenced by something. They have a mindset that's inhumane, doesn't really care about anyone, and they're done with something. They're, they're done with, they're fed up with something. Or they're just, it just seems not, it doesn't seem very, very uh, humane. So there was a big controversy over the gun laws and gun control for this, that are involved with these school shootings. And focusing on gun laws and gun control isn't really, <clears throat> isn't really gonna solve the situation. I think, because like, I can see where they're going into with, if they didn't have a gun, they didn't, they wouldn't have killed someone. But, I'm, ex I'm accepting that it is their it is the person person's right to handle a gun. It is, they have that right to to bear arms for their safety, but the perpetrators are obviously have their consequences, they go to jail. But it's just guns are should never be, I don't think, should only be needed for the police enforcement to protect the schools. There are some, there are instances, or there, there was an instance, I believe, in the Parkland shooting where, where the security wasn't, wasn't there to help out the students. And it spread a huge, huge controversy on how those officers acted in the shooting. Yeah, and then I'm looking up now, their school district is pushing for harsh, for higher security. But there has been some criticism for it. It just doesn't seem, it just seems very, very sad for kids to go just because a because of someone else's doings or other people to, for something to cause it to be so inhumane. Alright, I'm switching up on new topics I want to talk about. Um, there has there has been some debatable topics over the vaping controversy on the school grounds recent times. Um, for teens to use Juul and there's a campaign to spread awareness about the electric, the these e-cigarettes. And I honestly think like, if you're not gonna be part of, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you want to do it, don't do it in school. It's as simple as that. For a jewel to equip, like flavors, to do so with the. Uh, nicotine and it's if you're gonna do if you're into vaping 
just don't do it in school. You, I'm, I'm not exactly the person to, to be saying this, cause I'm just a teen. <laughs> but I've seen teens like just vaping the schools and use it openly in the school bathrooms, or it just seems. doesn't seem yeah it's just something I don't want I I'm personally not a fan of but if they want to vape outside of school that's perfectly fine it's just a matter of if, if you're gonna be fine with it hmm <clears throat> So skipping all, all that side, for these controversies in this past year, there was an article for the top 10 or 10 of the, con the biggest co school controversies of 2018, and they included 13 reasons why it included a New Jersey superintendent pleading guilty of to pooping on school grounds. I don't know why this this was a thing. I don't know why he did this. So I'm like in, in March the superintendent was arrested on charges of lewdness, littering and defecating in public for pooping on the grounds of a high school. Uh, not, I mean, he stated that he did it once due to a medical emergency. I can't, you can't blame him because he said, well, according to his lawyer, According to, yeah, according to his lawyer, um, he had a condition called runner's diarrhea <laughs> that caused loose bowel movements during physical exercise. So I guess, okay, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's just going, yeah. It just seems very uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're going to poop, go poop in the bathroom. End of story. Um... <laughs> Alright, looking into more of this, there are some weird, yeah, there are just some weird uh, articles that are going into. And a, a federal court, a federal appeals court, ruled that schools can allow transgender students to use bathrooms and locker rooms to match their gender identities. So, this has been a long Pretty like it was a past debate I I looked into and apparently a school district in Pennsylvania made a school a bathroom policy to allow students to use a restroom and locker room that matched their gender identity. But with people who identify as a separate gender, there are a, they identify themselves as a love as a gender, but not necessarily. Uh, it's just a matter, matter of people, those students who identify uh, in a gender that doesn't, that isn't specific to a boy and a girl, that causes problems for them. Uh, and then of course, the graphic content that raised concerns over teachers of the show, Netflix show, 13 Reasons Why. Honestly, 13 Reasons Why is like separate from the controversial stuff. I think it's a good, good show. The first season, the first season. I haven't looked into the second season. I don't know how, how, how it, the second season is, but I've heard it's, it's, it's not that good. But, yeah, it was the most tweeted show in 2017. 
and then it made headlines for its portrayals of sexual assault and suicide in its section season. So, yeah, for its urgent warning over the second season that premiered, there was a... There was a... What? There was a s citing statistics on... There were citing statistics such as a 26 increase in Google searches for how to commit suicide following to, to the release of the first season. Honestly. 13 Reasons Why was supposed to have a story or yeah, reveal a story about what led to a person to take their life is I honestly just focused on just the plot I don't really think it was necessary for people to take this up a notch take this up a notch and aim it at in a real as as reality I there are people who have suffered from this and I think even in the ending of the first season, it, it um, the main character teaches how you should interact with people that need help, and just make sure you're you're there for them. Hmm. But on the other spectrum, school is. Like to round it off, school is basically it. You go, you go. You don't have to go. School's there so you can have a boost on, or just keep pursuing education. School is to help you find. Or yeah, school is there to help you pursue your your educational um, educational goals. Yeah, it is a it is a stepping stone to college. It is the stepping stone to to a better better life, an independent life. And I honestly think that only if you're going into if there are any other factors other than going into the work field, I'm, I'm sorry, but I think honestly, the work field doesn't really need a, doesn't really need a educational background. But people, I want to take that at the end of this, that people, know, people should know that school is there for them Take advantage of your opportunities to do so, and if it doesn't work out for you, try to try to work as best as you can to succeed. Other than other than cheating, you shouldn't cheat to, to be successful. You should be able to, and you should be able to go into school for an institute for education and the ability to learn new subjects and pursue on to college because that is what education what school is for to provide you with an education all right this is the end of the first episode um I'll probably look into more statistics afterwards, but otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you in a month. This is Zach Chats, and thanks for chatting.